What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, folks. This is Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com back for the Locked on Books podcast. We are here on episode 56. Probably hearing this on a Monday morning. Uh, getting ready for the Bucks' first practice in nine days. Uh, the Monday night football and then the bye week. Uh, players have been off for the last five days, uh, which is pretty normal. I think the NFL requires teams to give them four days off and uh, kind of got a, a victory day, if you will, with the uh, win one week ago today at Carolina. Feels longer than that. Uh, it seems like it's been a while since we've seen these Bucks, but uh, we'll get them uh, for practice around 10 a.m. this morning. Uh, and lots to catch up on there. Obviously, uh, Lots of injury questions we'll get to there. A couple of things we want to talk about. Again, kind of been a quiet week with the bye week. Uh, not a lot going on, a lot of practice to report. Uh, but a couple of things we want to talk about. We want to talk about penalties. We want to talk about injuries. And we want to talk about the 49ers team that the uh, Bucks are going to face this weekend uh, going out west. Uh, looking forward to uh, going to San Francisco and uh, heading out there Friday afternoon uh, and then coming back. I'm actually going to take a red eye back uh, Sunday night. I know you guys care about the ins and outs of my travel schedule. Uh, but anyway, uh, first thing I want to talk about is a story uh, that's in today's times. Uh, always tricky to kind of write a story. Uh, we don't have access to a team for five days. But uh, wrote about the Bucks and penalties. Uh, obviously, we talked a lot on this podcast, even going into the year, uh, about the importance of the Bucks improving on penalties. Uh, tied for the NFL lead in penalties last year. Uh, set a franchise record for penalties and penalty yards. Definitely something, had we done this podcast last year, we would have talked about on a very consistent basis. Uh, but anyway, Dirk Cutter comes in, and obviously the priority is lowering the number of penalties. Uh, I think there have been some confidence going in that having Mike Smith on the staff with his history as a head coach would help reduce the penalties. Uh, and it has. Uh, as we look through things, I had kind of crunched the numbers going into the weekend. I'm sure they hold up about the same right now. But uh, Bucks went into uh, Week Six's games as the most improved team in the NFL. Um, penalty yards down by uh, 19.5 yards a game. Uh, they've gone from, again, tied for 31st in penalties, if you will, uh, tied for the most penalties in the NFL, to being in the bottom 10 right now, uh, down to uh, about 55 yards a game. Uh, Dirk Cutter has said his goal is to try and have the team at six or fewer penalties in a game. He doesn't think they can go without penalties. He's reasonable about that, but once him uh, six or less, and when they've done that this year, they're two and one as a team. Uh, so again, big steps in the right direction. Uh, last year's team, if you look at the stats, uh, last year's Buccaneers had 336 more penalty yards than their opponents. Uh, and this year's team are back actually in the other direction. They're in the black. Uh, they, they have 45 fewer penalty yards than their opponents do. So if you prorate that for a full season, it's going to work out to 30 yards a game better. Uh, so you think about that, 30 yards... You know, it's hard when you split it over 12 possessions, but if you think about uh, just the net result of that, that's the difference between a punt and a field goal. That's the difference between a field goal and a touchdown. So it, it probably directly translates the points as you go here. A uh, couple areas where they're doing especially well uh, is on defense. Uh, no defensive penalties in the Carolina game last week. None whatsoever. Uh, I think I counted 309 offensive snaps for Bucks opponents. They have been offside just once. 
uh, one encroachment as well. So a lot of discipline at the line of scrimmage. That's uh, definitely a testament not only to Mike Smith, but to Jay Hayes. Uh, I can't tell you how often I'm at practice and I watch them. They have kind of the uh, the ball on a stick, if you will. If you can imagine kind of like the length of, uh, I don't know, like a broom, except there's a football on the end. And the coaches, whenever they go through drills, will line up and they'll put that ball right down next to the defensive lineman when they're about to like go at a sled or go through drills. And the defensive lineman won't take off on the drill until they pull that ball. They pull the ball back and kind of flinch the ball, and then they go through their drills. And it's very much just everything they do in practice, indoctrinating them to wait until the snap of the ball. Uh, and I think it helps. Again, we, we've kind of joked about Gerald McCoy having issues. I think he has that amazing first step, but sometimes it's, a, it's amazing enough where it actually goes before the snap. And he's been careful. Like I said, one offsides, one encroachment for the entire defense right now. Um, you know, I think the offensive line is still certainly a concern. They've got six holds and six false starts on the offensive line so far this season. But even that, uh, like six holding penalties right now would prorate to 19 over the course of a season. And they had 28 last year. So even if they continue to that, where you'd say the worst part of this team penalty-wise is offensive line, uh, they're on course to have nine fewer holding penalties than they did last year, which bodes really well. Um, Dirk Cutter had talked last week about how he's very happy with the number of penalties. Now he's trying to reduce uh, the critical level of where these penalties take place. If you think about that Carolina game, only five penalties for 40 yards, which is a great, great game penalty-wise. But some of them were really costly. They had two false starts on third and one. Uh, one of them backed them up. I think it was a, a, a penalty and then a sack, and they were out of field goal range. Another one was that terrible red zone sequence where it was, hey, at the five-yard line, good to go. Uh, false start, now they're on the 10. Delay of game, now they're on the 15. Uh, incomplete pass, missed field goal. And all of a sudden, you've gone from being inside the five, which is almost guaranteed points, to walk away with nothing. And it all starts with penalties. So they got to be careful when they commit penalties. The other one that was really costly, uh, Howard Jones, the backup defensive end, had a roughing the punter. You know, And it, it came at a time where Carolina was getting momentum. The Bucks had stopped them because obviously they're punting. Uh, and instead, it's a first down with a roughing the, pen, roughing the, the punter penalty. happened. And uh, two plays later, Carolina has a touchdown and a 14-6 lead. So, again, major progress in how many penalties. Now just looking for progress uh, in when those penalties take place and making sure they aren't happening at crucial, pivotal, point-costing times in the game. Um, you guys are probably curious about injuries and what's coming, who's coming back in the injury front. The Bucks will go again around 10-15 this morning. We'll be back practicing. Uh, so if you follow me on Twitter, at Greg Allman, I'll have updates there probably around 10-45 or so. Uh, to talk about who's back, who's taken that first step back. Because there's literally probably eight different names I could offer up and not know whether they're going to practice or not. I want to go through those, and I'll go through them in order of most likely to play this week, if you will. Uh, just to give you a sense of how much is in play for the Bucks to get better, for that cavalry to come back, if you will. Um, I'll start with the two guys who are on the PUP list. That's the physically unable to perform list. Have not practiced since the start of training camp. So if they practice today... It would be, for both of them, the first time since uh, at least March. Uh, those two are J.R. Sweezy, the left guard, and Lewis Murphy, the receiver. Uh, Sweezy has a back issue. We legitimately have no idea how bad that back is. Uh, Sweezy is not a regular practice. Uh, they don't have him out on the field. I'm sure he's around one buck place and rehabbing. Uh, you know, all we know is that he's had a lingering back issue with a herniated disc. Uh, had been to see a specialist in California. So again, could be back today. Could be practicing, could be in great shape. 
pushing Kevin Pamphil for the starting left guard job. He hasn't practiced since he's been with the Buccaneers. So I think physically it's going to take a little bit of adjustment for him to get back on the field. Uh, the way the pup list works is that starting this week, which is week seven, uh, the, Buc- uh, the Bucks have three weeks for them to decide uh, what they're going to do with those two players in the pup list. They can activate them this week. They can play or they can practice them and use them as a roster exemption, kind of have 55 on their roster if they will, and keep that exemption for up to three weeks. Um, at the end of week nine, they have to make a decision whether to add them to the roster or throw them on IR or cut them, but you can't use that exemption more than week nine. So this is a three-week process for J.R. Sweezy. I would be very surprised if we see him out there today to begin with, and if we do, he's just getting himself back into football shape. And even if you've worked out, even if you've been really good about staying in condition, which is hard to do with a back injury, uh, I think there's going to be a transition for him. So even though he's allowed to be back today, I, I don't have a lot of high expectations for how quickly he'll be back. And, and it could be one of those deals where he's not back at all. We, we don't know where it is. It's a back. It's a very serious injury. So we'll see. We'll have a better sense of things uh, today. There could be good news with him today. There could be no news at all. Uh, Lewis Murphy uh, coming off of an ACL injury. I talked to him briefly last week. He's very excited about just having the opportunity to get back in the practice field. I don't know how strong he is, how well he's been able to test the knee. Lewis is a guy that's out of practice every day, out there with trainers, uh, kind of taking throws. I don't see him doing a lot of uh, lateral cuts, which are the biggest thing you have to test with an ACI. You'll see him jogging. You'll see him running. Uh, But again, this is a big step for him just being able to come back to practice. Uh, Bucks have receivers on roster already. How much they need Lewis Murphy kind of remains to be seen. They, they only dressed four against the Panthers because uh, Cecil Shorts was injured and they wound up cutting uh, Jeremy Butler, who is now with the Jets. Um, so anyway, Lewis Murphy coming back again. He's probably ahead of Sweezy just because we see him more, but no idea whether he could be back this week or whether this is a three-week process for him getting back. This was this will be a big step just to get him out practicing, building confidence in that knee and taking a step toward a healthy return. Of the six guys we want to point to who were inactive against the Panthers on Monday, we'll start with Cecil Shorts, uh, another receiver. Cecil had one catch, got himself hurt on that one catch at Arizona. He has not practiced in four weeks. Um, Again, hard to know. We haven't seen him practice at all. So I still don't know uh, where things stand for him for coming back. Uh, But the fact that they had initially signed... Jeremy Butler to the roster last week made me think they had no reason to expect Shorts back last week. Uh, so I'm kind of cautious in saying he could come back this week. He probably seems the most injured of the uh, the whole gang that's been out since Arizona. Uh, next on the list, I would say, is Clinton McDonald. Uh, Clinton had missed the end of the uh, previous home game, the Denver game, with what he said were full-body cramps. And then midway through that week, had all the rain with practice, uh, hurt his hamstring in the middle of the week, kind of injured his hamstring during the week, uh, did not play at Carolina. So hamstrings, we don't know, but there haven't been a lot of quick recoveries from hamstring injuries. So I don't know that I expect Clinton McDonald back this week. Uh, if the you know four days not practicing before Carolina and the nine days after, that's enough. Uh, you know, it, it will be more than two weeks after his hamstring injury before he has to play. So it's possible, but just seems... Unlikely. Uh, Luke Stocker would be next on the list. Duke Stocker, tight end, uh, probably their best blocking tight end, has been out with an ankle injury. Again, four weeks out with the ankle injury. Uh, Stocker came back and did practice uh, three days on a limited basis, 
before the Carolina game. So he seems like someone who's in better shape. They made him inactive. He didn't play against Carolina. But the fact that he was able to get back out there two weeks ago and practice and test his ankle uh, bodes well for his opportunity. Again, if they get these guys back, the Bucks can have their inactives this week actually be guys that are, are just healthy scratches and the bottom of their depth and not having to use all of those seven spots for, uh, for injuries. Uh, Doug Martin, obviously a huge question mark is whether Doug Martin comes back today. Doug has not practiced at all in four weeks. Uh, but originally that injury had been reported, uh, his, his uh, hamstring had been reported as a, as a three-week injury. So here we are in week five. That bodes well for him being able to come back. I do want to report a transaction this morning. Uh, Russell Hansborough, the uh, undrafted rookie from Missouri who got called up at the last minute, had that wild week for Carolina. We went from not being on the roster to getting a phone call, being on the practice squad, and being promoted and being on the field for the opening kickoff. Uh, anyway, uh, he's back off the team right now. I think he'll be back in the practice squad tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, but they did wave him today. That could bode well for Doug Martin, or it could mean they want to bring in a more experienced running back. Uh, we don't know what that means yet because we don't know the other half of that transaction. But uh, by tomorrow, by the Tuesday podcast, we should know better not only what that move means, but what Doug Martin has been able to do. Obviously a huge boost for their run game. Uh, if they can have Doug Martin against San Francisco, we'll talk in a minute about how bad San Francisco's run defense was yesterday against Buffalo. Uh, number two on my list, uh, Buccaneers that could come back from injury this week at San Francisco would be Gerald McCoy. Uh, Gerald, of course, had the calf injury early in the Denver game. Uh, Bucks had were tied with the Broncos when he left the game. Obviously didn't score again the rest of the way. Gave up 20 points the rest of the way. Uh, a huge part of the Bucks' defense, uh, both from an emotional standpoint and just an X's and O's standpoint, is getting Gerald McCoy back. Uh, we did not see Gerald practice at all last week, uh, but you'd think that's rest on a calf injury. Uh, could very well see Gerald back this week, and if that's the case, that bodes very well for uh, the Bucks' defense. Uh, Robert Ayers would be the guy I'd put at the top of the list. Robert Ayers came back briefly and practiced before Carolina. He has that uh, ankle sprain. But I mean, again, Robert Ayers, again, has not practiced since week two, out four weeks. Uh, that would be a huge boost for their pass rush to get back the guy they gave $7 million a year to, made their priority in uh, in addressing the, the pass rush this offseason, bringing him in as a free agent. Uh, he's got to get back on track. Had one sack in the opener. Uh, still has, you know, 10 games, uh, 11, 11 games left. Um and we'll go from there. So that's where the injuries are. We'll have a lot more news on the injury front tomorrow on the podcast. But for now, uh, just laying out there all the possibilities of those eight guys in various level of recovery. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the 49ers before we wrap things up here. 49ers lost 45-16 to against the Bills. Uh, and I will caution that it was a 24-16 game with 11 minutes left. So they were within a touchdown, had the ball within a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and then let Buffalo kind of slide away. Three touchdowns in the last 10 minutes. Uh, and it's a, a walk at that point, 45 to 16. Uh, Colin Kaepernick comes back as starter. Uh, did not have a good game, game passing the ball. 13 of 29 for 187 and a touchdown. Uh, so about 40% completion. I certainly don't want that. Did look good running the ball. Eight carries for 66 yards. Uh, but again, ultimately couldn't lead his team to victory. Uh, I suppose we don't even know completely yet whether he's back as the starter. I would think so, but uh, we'll find out. That would be his first time at home as the starter, kind of in this post-national anthem uh, era for him uh, with the protest and everything like that. Uh, 49ers' defense looked rough yesterday. Uh, Buffalo goes 8 of 13 on third down. 
Uh, LaShawn McCoy has a great game, 19 carries for 140 yards and three touchdowns. 140 seems like a yada lot, yada yards, until you realize that the Bills rushed as a team for 312 yards. 44 carries for 312 yards. Uh, that's like seven yards a carry, over 44 carries. Uh, the last time, if you don't remember, the last time the 49ers gave up that many rushing yards, it was 1958. Uh, so going back a ways, uh, nobody in the NFL has rushed for 300 yards in a game against anybody as a team since 2014. And there were only four times uh, in the five NFL seasons from 2011 to 2015. That's like 1,200 games. Only four times did an NFL team rush for 300 or more yards. So uh, Bucks, if you're the Bucks offensive line, I think you're probably uh, licking your lips seeing that. Excited to, to go up against a run defense that gave up a ton against the run last week. Uh, Bucks get Doug Martin back. Ducks have Bucks have Jacquez Rogers on Sunday. That helps them a lot. Those two, uh, in terms of them wanting to assert themselves, establish the run, uh, that, that's a good recipe for them getting out ahead. On the road, you want to control the game, shorten the game, uh, take the ball out of Jameis Winston's hands a little bit so he has maybe 30 passes instead of 45. So Lots to talk about this week. Tomorrow will be a very newsy podcast compared to what we've had for the last week or so, but this will wrap things up. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. We'll have lots more coming on Tuesday's podcast, but for now, this wraps up episode 56 on the Locked on Bucks podcast for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Alvin. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with lots of news tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.